Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Berlin. And I'm Dr. Alyssa Watson. Thanks for joining us in the veterinary break room. These are short conversations where we chat informally about relevant topics in vet med that affect us all. And today we're going to be talking about one that's been kind of a hot topic now for a lot longer than I was hoping it would be, which is curbside care. (laughs) So it's like the dreaded words, curbside care. So Alyssa, um, what is your clinic doing now as far as being curbside, letting people in the building, that kind of thing? Right. So we have not done curbside care at my clinic since very early on in the pandemic, like true curbside where people stay out in their cars and you go out. Mm. Um, one of the team members goes out to the car to get the animal. And that is because it is 118 degrees in Las Vegas in the summertime. <laughs> and it was just not having people sit out in their cars was was not working. And it was getting dangerous for the animals. Uh, It was difficult for people. And so very early on, we chose to make some, some different modifications. We live in a state where we have had a government mask mandate through much of the pandemic. So having owner's mask was quite easy because they're very used to masking here in our state. You mask to go to the grocery store. Um, We really didn't get a ton of pushback on that, which is good. And we did absolutely modify, you know, the number of people allowed in the building in order to try to keep social distancing and then cleaning protocols very significantly between people. So we allow one person into the exam room and uh, the doctors don't do their exam in the exam room. Okay. So, so it's basically kind of like, instead of waiting in your car, like curbside, you wait in the exam room and that exam room is your little area. Um, And then we bring the animal to the back where the exam and everything is performed. And then most communication in in earlier stages of the pandemic, uh, before there was as much vaccination available and everything in the earlier stages, we actually didn't even go back into the room. We called them while they were in their room, you know, and spoke to them ah, on the phone in the same building. <laughs> like yeah. you said, it's, it's kind of curbside, but just modified so that they're in the air conditioning. That was the biggest thing to make sure that everybody right. was curbside in inside, <laughs> curbside inside, right? If that's a thing. <laughs> um, so, um, and we have not wavered from that too, too much other than as, as more team members became vaccinated. Now I will go, I still don't do my exam in the room, but I will at least go like talk to people in the exam room so that we're talking face to face and not on the phone any longer. So how about you? (laughs) Yeah, that's, um, that's really interesting. I hadn't really heard about a clinic doing it that way, but that's really smart. I mean, Hashtag Vegas problems, right? <laughs> like 118 degrees is not something we have to deal with in Pennsylvania usually. Maybe a heat index once in a while, but you know, it was pretty hard when it was hot. But we've been sort of back and forth. Like we were strictly curbside for a long time. And then we had a brief pocket last year where we started letting one person in per appointment masked. And then in the fall, things got bad again and we went back to strictly curbside. And then we've been curbside most of this year until I guess around May. And then we went back to letting one person in. 
Pennsylvania's mask mandate has been lifted for a while. And so we actually don't have a mask requirement in the clinic, which uh, I will say that I myself am still masking, even though I'm vaccinated. I just feel better with that mask on. And I went without it for a couple of weeks and it felt very wrong to me. So I put it back on and there are a couple of team members that wear them, but otherwise pretty much everyone in the clinic is unmasked right now. And we do not ask about vaccination status or anything or even encourage masks. And I, I feel uncomfortable with that. So I have a feeling this fall, things are going to change either the masks will come back or we'll go more curbside or both. Um, But I think things are going to go that way before they get better. So generally speaking, you know, I feel like the biggest thing is every time the policy changes, we get anxious. And so I feel like just picking a conservative policy and sticking with it for as long as we need to would be less stressful. But I know clients have been very appreciative of being allowed in Mm -hmm. um, with their pet again. So um, it's it's tough. It's balancing act. For it sure. is a balancing act. And and like you said, it's hard to backtrack too. Like once mm-hmm. you start, you know, you ease restrictions. I find it's really hard to go back to yeah. more strict things. Um, so yeah. But uh, I guess everyone is is walking that tightrope with all sorts of things all over the country. So <laughs> yes, for sure. I mean, we just. Our governor just put a mask mandate for schools again, starting now, which was late, I thought. Um, But, you know, now that that's happening, it may be that the mask mandate in general starts to come back because we are seeing numbers rise in our area. So who knows? Things are constantly changing. But at least I think it seems like clients as well as the veterinary teams are getting better at the the quick pivot. <laughs> so, right? Um, we're we're all better at that than we thought we were that we gave ourselves credit for. So, um we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. And uh but you know, as far as curbside goes, like I don't really want to go back to 100% curbside because I found that stressful, but there were certain things I really liked about it. And I'm interested to hear if there are things that you like about your sort of curbside inside. Modified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So modified curbside. I, I guess the biggest thing that I like about it is I feel like I get my exam done quicker and more thoroughly. Um, Mm -hmm. when I am in the room with an owner doing an exam, oftentimes I narrate my exam and if they, and, and I also have a tendency, I don't know if you've noticed, but I have a tendency to just like start chatting about stuff and get off track. Yeah, same. So, so much same. So if I'm doing my exam and they start talking to me, we go off on a tangent and then I get lost as to where I was in my exam. And it's yeah. very embarrassing <laughs> to like go back and, you know, get out the ophthalmoscope and look in the eyes again and have the owner again. call you out that they're like, you know, you already did that. <laughs> I know. And you're like, I'm a doctor. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yes, but, but we were talking and now I don't remember what I saw. So. So I do feel like I can really focus on the animal and get a very thorough exam. It is, you know, I I do better when my exam is all in the same order, um, you know, and I can go through a checklist. So I love that. What about you? Is there something you really like? Yeah, I like that too. I definitely agree. I mean, I like chatting with owners. I'm a chatty person, but 
hence we're doing a podcast reach out <laughs> but i i also do have a hard time focusing sometimes if the owner is very talkative and i do feel more focused and that the exam is more efficient for sure it goes faster if it's not with the owner present but i also feel like sometimes I might miss things because owners think of things while you're examining the pet in front of them. And they'll say, oh, I, th- I remember this lump or, oh, mm-hmm. she was limping on that leg two weeks ago. I forgot to tell you. And you miss that kind of spontaneous information Yep, absolutely. when your contact is more limited. Yep. Or when especially things like, you know, skin things, rashes, lumps and bumps, making sure you know which thing they're talking about, because I have had that happen as well, (laughs) where I'm I'm talking about a totally different bump than the owner is talking about. (laughs) Yes. This is where whiteout and Sharpies go (laughs) in. Because definitely have have you had that long lump, but I've had Um, that is something that I've had people come in with though, you know, especially during this time. Yeah. Where their animal, there are literally Sharpies like circled, like the animal looks, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it looks like it's a Dalmatian, but only because it's all Sharpie marking every single bump that I need to look at. Yes. Or a plastic surgery nightmare you know, (laughs) reality show. (laughs) But yeah, I've I've definitely seen that. And at least then you know, you know, what they're talking about. But I will say that um, I do feel when we were completely curbside, I felt tired just because of the back and forth and like making sure that all the T's were crossed and everything because you didn't have that spontaneity and the sort of continuous Mm -hmm. conversation. But I felt less tired because as chatty as I am, I'm also pretty introverted at the end of the day, an extroverted introvert. And so Mm -hmm. for me to be in an exam room with somebody is kind of performing. And I know a lot of our colleagues can relate to that. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. And so just having that break of just not being in front of the owner for so much of each appointment was actually quite a relief, especially some days when we were all just so, you know, we're just so stressed Mm -hmm. and you could just kind of breathe and be yourself in a way that, you know, you, you feel like, like you can say to the technician, did I look in the eyes already? Right. <laughs> but you can't say that to the owner, you know? And um, the technicians always know. Yep. <laughs> but, well, well um, and I, just, I don't know. And, well, and the other thing too, I think, again, going back to like being more thorough, for me, it might be a little better to not be distracted by those several other things. And I don't think yeah. that that's unreasonable. I mean, looking at, yeah. at our human medicine counterparts, I can't go into my doctor with a list of 10 things. I, I, right. I can't. They're like, you know, you need to prioritize the top three things for this this visit, and we need another visit if there's going to be a laundry list. And I think yeah. as veterinarians, you know, we we just we're trying to do so much in a short period yes. of time. I'm not sure that that it's a bad thing to say, hey, that's going to have to wait for another appointment if, if we're going to be thorough and focus on this issue right now. Yeah, that's true. And especially at the beginning, you know, we were so limited on appointments. Our hospital, at least, was seeing a lot fewer appointments than we normally were just because of trying to keep staff minimal and making appointments longer to account for all the curbside stuff. And so we were trying to get so much done at each appointment so that we didn't have to have them come in again. But 
I do think generally we should pick like a couple of top issues, you know, even at a wellness appointment where our job Mm -hmm. is to go nose to tail, most of that stuff is not urgent. So there's no reason why that can't be continued later. And even as a telemedicine appointment, which is a whole different can of worms, but maybe we can talk (laughs) about that sometime. We should talk about that sometime. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, some of these are 30 minute conversations and they don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to be done in person, but they should be, we should be compensated for them. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) But, but I also, I wanted to ask you because, you know, if you're doing your exams in the treatment area Mm -hmm. um, and then you're calling the clients who are actually in an exam room, like, do you, do you use your, your team members differently now? Do you feel like their roles have evolved with yes, the pandemic? Yes, a little bit. Absolutely. And it's one thing that I wasn't real sensitive to at the beginning about how they felt, you know, about those different roles. I remember particularly one of my team members, this was when we were doing the curbside for that very short period. And and she was always going out to the car to get a history and get the animal. And I kept sending her because she's really thorough. And at the end of the day, um, or at the end of the week, she, she kind of came to me and she was like, Dr. Watson, why are you picking on me? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you, you only send me out to the cars. You don't send Aww. anybody else. And I was like, oh, that's not, that's because you're so thorough. Because you're really good. And so, but I had not thought of, from her perspective about like, maybe she doesn't like doing that. I'm not sure I'd love being sent out to the cars and a hundred degrees <laughs> yeah. outside. And, and I was like, oh, I need to be more careful and, and really understand how each team member feels about these changes and their roles. And are they comfortable in that? Um, and so that was a real wake up call to me to really just communicate better. Yeah, that's a great reminder. I feel like we we kind of did the same thing. You know, we sort of threw the, the poor technicians to the wolves because we're like, go out to the car and tell the owner this, you know, right. can you please call the owner and clarify this? And they're like, okay, you know, and most technicians, I mean, there are certainly exceptions, but many technicians do not necessarily want to spend all day talking to pet owners. Like that's not really um, what they expected to be doing all day. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely is a good reminder to be mindful of whether the same people especially are sort of getting stuck with it because they happen to do it well um, and whether maybe we should spend a little more time working with the people who aren't as comfortable doing it so that we can spread the the duties around a little bit but exactly it is hard when somebody's just naturally very good at it I had the same thing happen last night actually well it's not the same thing but a similar thing where um, we had a walk-in emergency dog ate an entire bottle of vitamin d so that was fun But they walked in and all the emergency clinics, you know, have a six hour mm-hmm. wait or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we definitely were going to see them, but they were in the car the whole time, you know, basically the whole evening they were in the car. And while well, we had the dog in the hospital and I was running so late and I was on the phone on hold with ASPCA poison control for mm-hmm. over an hour. Because oh my they don't gosh, have enough yeah. people either. So I was on hold for an hour and 15 minutes. And I couldn't do, you know, I did an ear recheck while I was on hold. <laughs> the technician bring the dog in so I could look at the ear while in the doctor's office. But, you know, it was just, we were sort of scrappling our way through the evening. But in the meantime, I kept sending out the technician to talk to the poor dog's owners who were sitting in the car wondering what their dog was doing inside besides throwing up. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and she must have gone out there, you know, 10 times and she was fantastic. And at the end of the night, I said, thank you so much for doing all of that. And she said, I feel like I didn't do anything all night. 
And I was like, are you kidding? You did the number one most important thing, which is you kept people from flipping out when I couldn't be that communicator, you know, and these technicians are saving us so much of the time right now. So that's definitely gotten to be, you know, tenfold, a hundredfold what it was. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Yep. And yeah, which reminds me that tech week is coming up in October. Oh yeah. So, (laughs) so that's another thing that's on my list for maybe it's another thing we can talk about is, is good. um, Yeah. Like gift ideas and, and ways to show appreciation. I think that would be a fun topic for us. For sure. Yes. Our clinic does a team appreciation week. So other team members are included too. So we definitely should should talk about ways to do that. Absolutely. So, okay. One last question about curbside. If you could keep one thing about it or your modified curbside, when things go back to normal, I'm making air Mm -hmm. quotes here. Mm -hmm. um, Would you keep anything? Yeah. I, you know, I do, like I said, I like doing my exam away from the owner. Um, Mm -hmm. I think even if it doubled up a little work for me and I, and I came back in and I repeated the most important parts, if I needed to show them something like a proprioceptive deficit or something like that, I think just having that couple minutes away from the owner, it allows me to see, and the animals act a little differently away from the owner too sometimes. So, um, so that's allowed me, I think, to do a more thorough exam. And I will probably keep some sort of that, you know, in the future moving forward. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I I would like to keep no waiting room. <laughs> um, right now, our waiting room is just this enormous, vast, empty space, and they've started to repurpose it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's incredible. I, if it were up to me, I would never have a client in the waiting room again. It is not up to me. So we'll just see what happens. <laughs> but, well, I'm interested um, <laughs> in how you've repurposed your waiting room, though. What are you doing? Uh, so like, we do you have, have like horseshoes um, out there or yeah. are you like-, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like a movie screen, right. you know, like a coffee bar? Um, so we have I mean, we have a very large waiting room at one of our offices and the other one is not small for sure, um, but we're fear free practice. And mm-hmm. so um, we are supposed to have a cat side and a dog side, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. But as a fear free hospital, it's very hard to maintain a calm environment when you have multiple animals and owners in the waiting room. And so um, just having those dogs come in on the flexi leads, you know, and just like oh, wandering yes. all over the place and the cats and the carriers like freaking out. So, um, that is my biggest win with not having the waiting room is just, it feels so much calmer. Um, and it's calmer for the owners too, I think, cause they don't have to worry about other animals coming up to their animal. But right now we have two, so we have a phone room, um, where all the calls get funneled. And so the phone room has two desks in one of the waiting rooms so that they can sit far apart and have a desk and a computer and it's relatively quiet. And then we're talking about also maybe blocking off a part of the waiting room to use for acupuncture or another exam room. Just because it is so quiet out there now, there's plenty of opportunities if we could make a physical barrier to just sort of have another space where we can have a pet. So those are some of the short-term things. Who knows in the long-term, but it's Very interesting. Yeah. Have to look at our yeah. waiting room and see what we can repurpose it to. I'm gonna. Right? Put I a, mean, you could put a hot tub in there, but yeah, it's probably or... not health code. <laughs> 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 well, we'll just say it's a, um, uh, you know, a hydrotherapy unit. 
So. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Hydrotherapy for stressed out veterinary team. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> so let's do our win of the week. Oh, um, that's you have actually, a, that's have a, a good note. Week. Yeah. That's a good yeah, note for our win of the week because my win of yeah. the week is self-care oriented. So, nice. um, yep. I had, um, when the kids went back to school, we started getting better about bedtime. And my youngest uh, likes me to sit in his room while he falls asleep. So I have a nice comfy chair in there. And normally I read my phone. And I had decided that that was weighing a little heavily on me mentally, um, mm -hmm. especially some of the news. And I said, I'm yeah. not going to do that anymore. When the kids went back to school, I am no longer going to sit and read my phone as, as the little one falls asleep. Instead, I am doing like a meditation. And I set and I have stuck to it. And that is my win so far is I'm going on three weeks of not reading my phone before bed. And I think it's really helping. I don't know if it's the meditation or just not reading, but sleeping better. And, and I'm really happy. So I'm going to keep it up. That's fantastic. That is definitely a habit I have not gotten into with regularity and I would really like to. So that's very inspiring I have to keep that in mind. I'm going to make you my accountability person for that. <laughs> um, that's awesome. How about you? Yeah, I so I um, I like to get certified in things. Like I have a friend who does the same thing. We say we get certified in things and a lot of them we don't ever end up using, but it's fun to like take workshops and things. And so I actually ended up doing a run running coach workshop through the Roadrunners Club of America recently. Um, and uh, it's a level one run coach and it's like a weekend long workshop. And then you have to take a test. And um, so I'm certified now and I kind of wasn't sure if I was going to use it, but as I was taking the workshop, I got really inspired to do it. I have my own running coach and he's really helped me. Um, and so I uh, just kind of put it out there to some friends that I am doing this now and I have a client. So oh, congratulations. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I'm really excited to help somebody get back to running because running is a huge source of joy and stress relief for me. And um, I coaching has definitely helped me stick with it and get places I didn't think I could go. So I wanted to pay it forward. So that's awesome. about it. And I'm having tons of imposter syndrome. Oh, no, no, no. You're great. It's just the way you it have, is, right? You, if you, <laughs> you have a certification. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, um, you know, mostly I have a lot of enthusiasm and that's going to take, that takes us a long way, I think. So awesome. Anyway. All right. Well, looks like we'll need to wrap it up until we talk next time. See you later. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Veterinary Break Room. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. While you're there, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. You can also listen to podcasts on our website at cliniciansbrief.com slash podcasts, or drop us a line at podcasts at briefmedia.com. Veterinary Breakroom is a Brief Media production produced by Alexis Usri with sound by Randall Stupka and co-hosted by Dr. Alyssa Watson and Dr. Katie Berlin.